Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th TV series edition. I'm Vicki. And I'm Kim. And this is Doug with the episode credits for Friday the 13th, the series. Season 1, episode 15, Vanity's Mirror, and episode 16, Tattoo. Created by Frank Mancuso Jr. and Larry B. Williams. Vanity's Mirror, story by Ira Levant and Roy Salos. Teleplay by Roy Salos and directed by William Fruitt. Tattoo. Written by Dan DiStefano and Stephen Katz. Directed by London Chubbuck. Original air dates February 29th and March 7th, 1988. So we're back with Season 1, Episode 15, Vanity's Mirror, and Season 1, Episode 16, Tattoo. So Vanity's Mirror, the cursed antique from Friday the 13th Wiki, is a gold compact that makes men fall in love with the owner, but they must be killed later. So I have to say right up front that normally I watch an episode quickly first and then I watch it again to take notes because, as I said before, if I take notes the first time through, I miss stuff, number one. Mm -hmm. And then most of the questions I've written down in my notes get answered by the end of the episode, so they're worthless notes. So I always take them the second time through. But listen, this episode showed me someone eating disgustingly and disgusting, filthy feet. I know. When I saw that, I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And you might remember, you might not. I said in an early warehouse episode that if they do an episode about feet, I'm out. Mm-hmm. This is a good time for a flashback for a flash to a previous episode. This show is hitting every issue that I have. (laughs) This show, remember the food issue with him licking the Farnsworth and then the drool issue that I have. And now it's like people eating animals. Even the squirrel where they didn't even show it. All somebody had to say was he was eating a squirrel. I swear to God, if there's an episode about feet, I'm out. (laughs) Any episode about feet, you're going to have to do it by yourself. Because they're hitting every one of my things that I can't stand. Oh, that's too funny. And now, back to the present. So, they showed me two things that are on my three disgusting things that make me gag. So, I wouldn't watch it again. (laughs) And I'll never watch it again. No way, ever. So, I'm winging it from what I remember the first time around. (laughs) You didn't miss nothing. Oh, my God. She didn't miss anything in this episode. I know. But two things about the actors, though. Two of them have warehouse connections. Oh, okay. So Greg, the red-headed kid who was the bully that Helen kills in the trash compactor, yes. is Zach Ward. He was the ice cream store employee that calls the police on Pete and Micah when he thinks they've abducted Hugo Miller. Oh! Okay, okay. And I remember when we did that episode, I did that with Skip. Mm -hmm. And we kept saying, he looks so familiar. And I said, I've seen him on Charmed. I've seen him on um, Firefly, not Firefly, Dollhouse. And he's in a lot of things. But I didn't realize when we were talking about it, he's also Farkas, the bully in A Christmas Story. So we couldn't figure it out when we were recording that episode in Warehouse. I think we actually recorded it for Eureka as a crossover Mm -hmm. episode. That's how long ago it was. And then I edited it for spoilers and used it in this podcast, the Warehouse podcast. But that was a long time ago. And we both kept saying he was familiar from somewhere and it just didn't click. Okay. The other actor, maybe you saw it and you know it, but this blew my mind. The other actor with the warehouse connection was the guy who played Russell, who was Helen's second victim. She kills him with a table saw. Yes. The one with the curly, dark, weird hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the actor's name is Simon Reynolds, and he played Daniel Dickinson, Pete and Micah's boss at the Secret Service. 
Really? That's him? Yeah. I came across it when I was looking up the other guy. And if you look at his face, you could see it, but not with all that hair and stuff. Right. I kept on saying, these actors look familiar. I keep on hoping you come across a couple of more. To me, it was like, I want to say maybe four in the episode that look familiar. Right. I was convinced that Scott, her sister's boyfriend, was somebody, but... I looked him up and I didn't recognize anything he was in. I can't even tell you, remember any of the things. No, it wouldn't be this episode. It would be the next one. I think there's somebody in the next one that looks familiar too. Oh, okay. So I want to say it was two from this one and two from the other one. But I thought either her or the sister, you would find something out with her or the sister. I don't think she does much acting. She went on to like have her own production company and she produces and directs and stuff. Oh, okay. So I looked her up too. I didn't recognize anything. She didn't have a lot of acting credits because she decided to produce and direct, I believe, and she started her own company. But as I'm looking at all these actors, I'm noticing that a lot of them play more than one part in the series. And so this Russell, Simon Reynolds, we'll see him again in another episode playing somebody else. And also the guy from, uh, what was it? Faith Healer. The guy who debunked Faith Healers. He might be in a couple more episodes. So they must use all the same actors, like Law & Order. You know, they use all the same actors and just make them different characters. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's what it seems like. But anyway, so Helen finds the mirror in the street after the flower lady gets hit by a car. After killing the man who bought flowers from her every day. Jack, Ryan, and Mickey just randomly pick an antique to hunt, and it happens to be the mirror. Mickey seems anxious to get these things found, and if this had been a couple episodes back, I'd say that she was just anxious to get these found because she can't wait to get out of the store and get out of doing all this. But at this point, she really seems like she cares about the people who have these things, and it's not just about her anymore, you know? Yeah. So there's a little growth there. And then Mickey and Ryan find out the original purchaser died two weeks ago. Jack notices somebody wearing a high school jacket in the news photo, picking up something at the accident site. And they find a yearbook and find Helen. And what do we go after today? One gold compact sold to Sylvia Unger. The address is in town, Jack. Ah. Well, we've got some good news and some bad news. We found the apartment okay. Had a chat with the landlady. Bad news is she was killed two weeks ago. We got this from the newspaper office. She's on page three. Landlady said she was uh, pretty outgoing, had a lot of male guests. There's not much here. Uh, Hand me my glass, would you, Ryan? Yes. Look, this girl, she looks as though she's picking something up. What's she wearing? Looks like it's a high school jacket. High school jacket. I had a lot of problems with all the comments about her looks. I did too. I mean, I don't know. I guess actors are actors, but it's like, we want you to play an ugly girl. I've seen pictures of her. She's not ugly. Obviously, they put sores on her face and, you know, made her look unkept and everything. And so I had a lot of problems with this episode before I got to the food and the feet. I don't remember my high school, anything like that. Neither do I, but I guess maybe when you're there, you're, you're oblivious to it. It was awful, and I didn't like it. Because even Ryan, when they showed him the yearbook picture, he's like, I've taken bad pictures. You know, it bothered me. It bothered me. I don't know. It was just too much for me. Yeah, it, it was. was. way over the top as far as the bullying, and I don't know. It, it just, to me, was a little tad too much with all the teasing, and I still don't remember my high school being that bad. I don't even remember grammar school to a point being that bad to where 
everybody's in on it. Oh, I remember. No. Yes. I In grammar school. Oh, my God. I remember the whole bus singing Fish and the Bus Driver. They were picking on some girl and they were calling her Fish for some reason. I used to walk home with one of my friends because she was bullied so bad. We used to walk instead of taking... Wait, was the whole school in on it? No. Was a group of kids? I, don't... I mean, kids... Like, you always got a group of kids. I mean, I was teased in grammar school. But it was only maybe a party of four. It didn't seem like the whole school at one point was in on it. And this is what I'm saying. It seemed like the whole school kind yeah. of shunned her. And people been picked on. But I'd never seen to wear the whole class. Like, even though I may have been teased, my whole class was in on it. Stuff on the bus, that's a little bit different. But then everybody kind of, once you got off the bus, you may have had still about three or four people on that still kicked and what went on on the bus. But the rest of everybody else kind of dispersed. Hi, editing Vicky jumping in here. Kim and I do understand that bullying has risen to whole new levels these days. Our discussion here is about the time frame of this particular episode. At this point in time, Kim and I were only out of high school, only about 10 years. So we were closer to our high school years, much closer, than we are now. This conversation is solely our memories and our experiences from that time. And it's not meant to minimize a bullying situation as to say that that's never happened because we're just talking about our own personal experiences and not to say that's never happened and not to say that it's not happening now. Thank you. But I did feel bad about all the ugly talk, but she didn't seem to care. She cared. I don't know that she did. She cared. They didn't make her a likable character in my eyes. But at one point, no, you're not going to be nice. Yeah. She still cared. But that, that's the defense, that's the defense mechanism to where she's being mean back or saying unkind things to hurt the other person. Yeah, no, 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 no. She felt that or she wouldn't have done what she did. You got to remember, it's a cursed antique. If deep down, somewhere along the line, I still think good overcomes evil. So I think that if at one point she had a conscience and part of her was like, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't. She did. Because she didn't want to kill Scott at the end. They both went. Mm. Because we've had this discussion before about whether the antique makes them more evil. Well, this one, I would say, makes her more evil to a certain degree because of the hurt she felt. And then the way she wanted a payback. She wanted a payback. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. We don't know that she actually wanted payback until she got the mirror, which caused her to want payback. Because all she was after was Scott. You could tell that from the beginning. That's Well, that's the way I saw it. Like I said, I only watched it once. I only watched it once, and I can understand that. But still, uh, even with Scott and his sister, I mean, at one point even, he was coming to a certain degree to her defense. Yeah, that's what I mean. From the beginning, I realized that she was hooked on Scott. Like, before she even knew what the mirror could do, you could see that she was upset. She wasn't upset that the guys were bullying her. She was upset that her sister was with Scott. Mm. So this whole episode bothered me. Like I said, with all the ugly talk, but then I didn't find her as a likable character. Even with all the ugly talk, I didn't really feel bad for her because it didn't feel like she cared about any of that. Like that's it, where we're going to disagree. Because <laughs> that's what I mean. It's our opinions. Yeah, it's not yeah, written in stone yeah. which way you're seeing it one way, I'm seeing it another way. Yeah. But this whole episode bothered me. Mickey goes to Helen's house pretending to be looking 
to buy the mirror, but Helen, with her filthy feet and face full of sandwich, tells her to leave. We established that Helen, like we just said, had a thing for her sister's boyfriend, Scott. But as soon as she realizes what the mirror does, she doesn't have a problem using it, which is usually the way it goes when somebody gets a cursed antique. First, she uses it on Greg and next on Russell. They were both pretty awful. So I didn't really feel bad for either one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of awful, but I didn't. So then Ryan has to pretend to be a student, and he goes inside the school where they're setting up for the prom. He sees Helen take Russell to the basement and follows them. She kills Russell with the table saw, and then she tries to shine the mirror at Ryan. And he runs around ducking the reflection or whatever it was. And he falls from the rafters trying to avoid the mirror and is unconscious. Then we go to the house where they're getting ready for the prom. So I have to ask if these two girls just live in this house by themselves. Thank you. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. I said, we have no parents. It's a prom. What about the pictures? And let me help with your hair. And the father with the camera. And... Yeah. He's talking junk to the date. Right. I mean, they, we've already seen them in the house alone, whatever, when she was eating the sandwich. We've never seen mm-hmm. parents, but, you know, parents could work. But it's a prom. Mm-hmm. And you'd think there'd be parents there taking pictures, like you said. I mean, it didn't go that way in my house, but I have to imagine in normal or semi-normal households, that's what would happen, you know? We didn't have it in my house either, but my kid, yeah, we had to go to the park. Yeah, so did we uh-huh. for DC's prom. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, you go to the park. You take these pictures. Yeah. You know, and I'm just going, all right. And then I'm going, well, maybe that's the, what was it, the 80s? And I'm going, I, I don't know. You're, you're right on that one. I said, where's the parents at? And I understand somebody got to work, but you don't have a Polaroid camera either in the house with the cube flash, the Kodak. Right. And, you know, here, take a picture of me. Yeah, I just thought that was weird. I was like, where are these parents? All this stuff is going on, and nobody's there. Helen comes downstairs looking ridiculous. It's almost like she did it on purpose. I want to say she did. That one, I'm going to agree with you on that one. She did it on purpose because the sister offered to help her with her makeup. And that's what I couldn't understand. Your sister is trying to be helpful, and you still despise your sister. Right. So that's what I mean. Her sister, all she ever did was help her. And her sister's boyfriend, too. That's why I didn't really... They didn't make her likable enough for you to feel, for me to feel sorry for her. Right. You know? Yeah, and like you said, Helen gets upset at her sister asking her to, if she wants her to help her. But she asks them to wait for her date to arrive. Now, back at the school, Jack and Mickey spend far too long searching for Ryan. That seemed like it went on forever. Right? Am I wrong, or was it just... It was. It was too long. But I'll wait for you to get back to Ryan again. Oh, with the rats? Yes! Oh, <laughs> I can't even watch a commercial with a rat. Oh my god. I'm oh. waiting for more to pour out. And I'm going to. Then when they come, there's four. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, when do you only have two or four rats? Usually in any kind of horror movies, there's more than one. Indiana Jones, we have more than one snake. You got trillions of snakes. Why didn't they just pour out of there and just totally cover them? Like they were in their own little world. And before the scene came, somebody plopped them on right here. <laughs> <laughs> and then ran behind camera. But you know what? That was enough for me because I can't take it. And then she was just picking them up. Yes! Oh, yes! My God. Could you leave? You always think of the rats being filthy. Yes. I'm going to scoot them off. I'm not picking them up. Right. I'm going to kick them off or scoot them off. Right. Or hope they run when I try to wake Ryan up or something. But I was like, well, we know these are, you know, these are prop. They're clean. <laughs> oh. And she didn't even, her expression didn't even change. It seemed like she just said, yeah, 
Okay, right. I pick him up. I know. <laughs> yeah, this, okay, is, I'm the rap part. this was a hard episode for me because there was just everything that just kills me. He's just not here, Jack. I'm no, getting worried know, about him. Listen, you said the compact has something to do with beauty and death. Yeah, as far as I've been able to find out, if somebody gets love struck by the compact, then they have to be killed. Brian. Look, he could have been following somebody and gone out of some other door. He would have found a way to let us know. Yeah, you're right. Before Mickey finds Ryan, they split up because Jack finally does have some information about the compact. He understands how it works. I don't know where he gets this information. They never actually tell us. He says if somebody gets love struck by it, they have to be killed. So back at the house, Helen gets Scott with a mirror. Helen and Scott hit her sister and tie her up and hang her from the light. And again, how do you do all this stuff? Where the hell are the parents? Right. So Scott and Helen go to the dance and Jack goes to the house and saves Helen's sister from hanging. Okay, can we go to the hanging part real quick? Yeah. Okay. She's hanging from a lamp in the bedroom. Her body weight alone, it would have broke. <laughs> yes, definitely. So what I thought was going to happen when Jack went into the house was that he's going to hear the thump of her body falling on the floor because it didn't hold her weight yeah oh but she's hanging there and i'm going come on people really technically that's what should have happened was the lamp should have came down with her the light picture should have came down with her yeah i would have thought so too yeah yeah and he heard the thump and ran upstairs to rescue her but no nah, that's not what happened so Mickey and Ryan head for the prom, and Jack and her sister also head there, and they confront Helen and Scott. So they run to the roof of a building nearby. Helen doesn't want to kill Scott because she liked him all along. So they all race to the roof, but they can't stop them, and Helen decides that both of them should jump off the building, and they do, which was not the ending I expected. That kind of blew me away. Yeah. You know, I never expected that. So this is the first episode, I think, that they don't get the antique back. Yeah, I got a problem with that part, too. Why didn't they look around, you know? Yeah. Is Thank that- you. You don't stop the next day. You, he looks in her purse and like, And that's oh, it. Yeah. not here. Yeah, and that's it. Like, he, they fell on the ground. Why don't you look around the ground? Thank you. And I'm going, you're not looking over. You're not looking under. You don't come back the next day when it's light out. Right. I know. And then we do see somebody pick it up. So... I wonder if it's just going to be one of those episodes that they don't find the antique and we never hear about it again, or if it's going to come back. Yeah, I thought the same thing. They might use it for another episode, but they don't never get it. Yeah, they could just leave it like that. So this episode, the only thing that kind of impressed me was that they both went to their death. Yeah, I did not expect that at all. Mm -hmm. That was kind of shocking. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Space, the final frontier, or is it? Discover the podcast of a couple of moms who love Star Trek and happen to have kids on the autism spectrum. Join Vicki and Elizabeth as we explore strange new worlds, talking about the new Star Trek Discovery series, autism, and whatever else comes to mind. We're Moms Going Boldly, and you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka. You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
And we're back. We're moving on to Season 1, Episode 16, Tattoo. And the cursed antique from Friday the 13th Wiki is a set of Chinese tattoo needles. The tattoos come to life and kill their wearers. And the user of the needles gets certain victory in a game of chance. This is actually an episode I remember watching Mm -hmm. 30 years ago or however long ago it was. Because, like I said, I know I watched the show. I remembered the characters. There's specific scenes that I remember in my head. There's one specific scene I, I remember distinctly. But so far, I haven't recognized any of these episodes at all. This is the first one. I didn't remember what happened, but I remember watching it. It's quite possible I never watched the whole series. I probably picked it up somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. So Tommy, other than being a real ass, seems to have a gambling problem. Or he's gambling to raise money that he owes to a loan shark. I think it's both. So the loan shark has one of his guys fake cutting off his thumb and gives him 24 hours to come up with the money he owes. But later, Tommy stumbles upon the guy that he had just lost all his money to in the basement tattooing a tied-up girl. And he says it will bring him luck. And he leaves the girl and goes back up to the casino. And then the spider, I could never tell what it was, if it was a spider or a scorpion. Um, it wasn't either or, it was a beetle. Was it? Mm-hmm. All right, so the beetle comes to life and kills the girl, and he sees the guy win at the table. So Tommy follows him out to an alley, stabs him, and steals the tattoo needles and his money. And then he goes home and argues with his grandfather. Now, this guy's been in a million things. I didn't even bother looking him up because I know I've seen him in hundreds of things. Yeah. And then we see that Tommy wants to be big and important. It doesn't matter if he's a bad man. It just matters that he's important. Mm Mm-hmm. And his grandfather finds the needles in Tommy's room and calls the shop for someone to come and get them. You know, and for a minute, I was thinking the way the grandfather said to the sister, he has bad blood like his father or something like that. Mm -hmm. So for like an instant, I felt a little sorry for Tommy because I was wondering if he heard that all his life. But another one, they didn't make him likable. No. You know, you didn't feel bad for him. Because even when the, when the grandfather said that, I was like, I, I bet you he heard that all his life. But you know what? It didn't help me to feel bad for him. Right, yeah. So Tommy catches him calling the shop. And his grandfather tells him that the writing on the box means great evil. So Tommy hits his grandfather and takes the needles back. And he goes off to find his first victim. Curious goods. Vondredi's Antiques. Ah, uh, yes, that's what it used to be. I beg your pardon? What kind of needles? Tattoo needles. Uh, do, would you hold the line just for a moment, please? Tattoo needles in the manifest. Ah, uh, yes, we're just uh, checking that. Mr. Mr. Chen. I uh, yes, Mr. Chen, if you have those needles, we'd be more than happy to buy them back from you. Those are mine. Do you know what these are? This writing. It means great evil. I will not allow them in my house. And who are you to say? They're mine. I have made arrangements to return them. Return them? To who? To the people who sold them in the first place. It will end before it begins. No, Grandfather. You can't do that. I need those needles. Those needles are my life. They are your death. When Jack, Mickey, and Ryan go to see the Grandfather, he tells them that he was robbed and the needles are gone. I really don't get that. I know Jack says later that they like to keep family issues in the family. Yeah, that, it is true. He knows there's a problem, but he doesn't want an outsider to know what that problem is. Yeah. So I guess it was okay when they were just coming to get the needles because he didn't have to tell them of any problem. Right. But meanwhile, Tommy tattoos a spider or a scorpion. I think this one was a spider. This one was a spider. <laughs> okay. 
Like we said, Tommy tattoos a spider on a woman he found in an opium den, and he heads off to play cards, and the spider comes to life, and it seems as if Tommy could feel it when the spider kills her. Yes. And he wins, but the bookie or the loan shark takes everything and leaves him with $10 to play again. So Ryan, doing his investigative work, finds out that Mr. Chen has his grandson and that he was a compulsive gambler. So Tommy shows his grandfather all the money he won, but his grandfather rejects it. And then Pete, Ryan, Jack, and Mickey see Tommy coming out of Chen's house. Ryan follows him back to the casino, and Tommy chooses his next victim, and Ryan watches. He told the guy that if he waited till the tattoo dried, he'd have good luck. Yeah, I didn't know if it would work on a guy. Honestly, I thought it was only women. Yeah, so did I. So this time he tattoos a clawed hand and goes back to the table to play. Tommy's sister tells them where to find Tommy since the grandfather won't. The tattooed guy finds Ryan and tries to kill him, but the claw gets the tattooed guy before he could kill Ryan. <laughs> that was funny. Reminds me of Ghostbusters. Forgot you didn't see Ghostbusters. No, I didn't. Oh, not even Ghostbusters. As a matter of fact, Beetlejuice. I didn't see that either. You didn't see Beetlejuice either? <laughs> nope. Oh my goodness. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just never have. I don't have any idea why. Oh my goodness, but go ahead. So Tommy wins, but the owner accuses him of cheating and takes all his winnings. I think. It looked like he took all his winnings. Yeah, and I didn't understand that either. Because he didn't do it to the other guy. And I know he was losing, but how was he cheating when he's sitting there? He's not sitting there long. He said he won 11 hands, though. Oh, okay. But it looked like he took all his winnings. So I don't know how he got money for the next... I don't know. Anyway, the loan shark threatens him again. This time, his time is almost up. Ryan's following him, but he loses him. But Mickey and Jack pull up, and Ryan tells them how the needles work. Have you seen him? Tommy, did you see him? No. It's the tattoo needles. The tattoos come to life. They kill the people that they're on. If he doesn't kill, he doesn't win. They stopped him from playing. A couple of goons took all of his money. Well, he's not going to quit now. He's going to need to find some more money before he goes looking for another game. Tommy tries to steal some Ming vases. Okay, so the guy probably did take all his winnings. Because I was like, how did he... all of it. Because he was looking for another game. So I was like, where did he get money from looking... Okay. Tommy tries to steal some Ming vases from his grandfather, but they break in the struggle when his grandfather catches them. So he's desperate for money to keep gambling, so he calls the loan shark and asks for more time, since no one will let him play. And he says he'll do anything. The loan shark sets up a game and comes to give Tommy the address. Tommy goes, and his sister follows him. The loan shark and his men stop Jack, Mickey, and Ryan from talking to Tommy, which I don't know why either. Like, how do they know who they are? Well, they don't. He just knows that they're not supposed to be where they're supposed to be. He knows that they're not supposed to be in there. And he sees either what they're doing. I don't know if he knows that they're trying to save him or whatever, but it's also, he could be thinking, hey, they're going to stop my money or stop me from killing them. Yeah. One of the two. And he's not going to allow that. Yeah, okay. So he takes them and holds them hostage while Tommy plays. But he locks them in a room with fireworks. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks, but I gotta laugh when it comes to the stupid stuff. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, they got to give him a way to escape, but I was like, oh, oh come on. <laughs> yeah, they shot off the fireworks. That allows them to escape. So they go back to Grandpa, who finally tells them where Tommy is, because he finds a piece of paper on the floor. He always looks like he knows exactly what everything is when he sees it. You know, when he saw the needles, you could see the look on his face, and then we find out the writing said something about evil. And then when he finds the piece of paper on the floor, the way he looks at it, it's kind of like he knows what that is. Oh, yeah. Or what mm-hmm. they do there. Oh, yeah, because he's, he's old, but he ain't stupid. He knows what's going on. But he gives them a needle that carries the mark of the healer, he says. But now Tommy needs a victim in order to win. So he tries to jump a waiter. I'm assuming it's a waiter or a busboy. But his sister interrupts, and Tommy tattoos her and goes to the game. Okay, I got a question for you. When you seen the sister the first time, did you think she's going to die? Uh, to be honest with you, she barely had anything to do. And I didn't really pay that much attention to her. As soon as she walked out, I said, oh, she's a, she's, oh, she's a victim. I figured it out when she went to follow him. But, you know, she had so little to do. That's the key off. She yeah. had so little to do, but she was going to be a victim. As soon as I say I walked through, I said, oh, victim. Right, but she had so little to do that you didn't really care about her, you know? Well, that was his sister. I understand. Yeah, I get it. And that was horrible, but it's almost like they didn't even have any interaction. No, but it's, it's sad when I think about this stuff. When you think about <laughs> an addict, because technically gambling is, is addictive, right. it doesn't matter. You will sell your soul for whatever is the next fix, even if it's gambling. So I figured either the grandfather was going to die. I knew the sister was close. I thought she was going to actually die. Yeah, definitely. Until the guy gave him the healing needle. Then I was like, well, they're going to save her. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, because you don't care. It's not about the people around you. It's about you. Right, and I think, for me, it's horrible, absolutely, that he was willing to kill his sister. But I think if there was some interaction between the two to show you that they had some kind of relationship other than the fact that she just comes in a room and stands there, I think it would have hit home more. You know, they gave her nothing to do. No. But if they had had a little bit of a relationship during the episode, Mm. before we got to that point. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. I understand where you're coming from. Even like the other episode, no matter what, the other person still loves the other person more than the other person loves them. Oh, absolutely. The oldest, right, the oldest sister loved her younger sister, even though the younger sister could care less. Right. And this is the same way. She loved her brother, even though to him she was just absent, not even a thought. Yeah, definitely horrible. You know, it's definitely horrible. I just think it would have been more horrible if we saw that there was a relationship. To me, it felt like, like, say we never even saw that he had a sister, and then all of a sudden we find out he has a sister and he's trying to kill her. It's like we hadn't hadn't seen, I don't think she uh, even said anything, did she? No. Until she told them where he was. I think it would have been more of an impact if, if you knew who she was or some sort of relationship. I don't know. It just felt like he was killing a stranger. Mm-hmm. You know, so anyway, he goes to the game and it's Russian roulette and Jack and Ryan find the sister with a snake crawling over and <laughs> and Jack shoots the dart <laughs> from a straw or from whatever, from the container, the healing needle, not the dart. <laughs> so she lives. Meanwhile, Tommy doesn't know this is going on and he starts to play. But because the sister doesn't die. Well, the sister doesn't die while Tommy's taking his last shot because pretty much they shot enough shots that the next one or two is going to be the bullet and he loses and he's dead, which was another one that I kind of didn't expect 
I'm used to Warehouse, I think. You always have a pretty decent ending in Warehouse. Yeah, I knew this outcome. I was like, did, yeah. Did you know he was going to actually die? Yeah, because of the last words he said, can't remember exactly what it was, it was something about the last something, but I knew he was going to because the sister didn't die. Yeah. The sister didn't die, he was going to die. Either one or two, like you said, always, somebody's going to have to die. Yeah, and I think for me, we talked about Warehouse for so long. And that if they did this episode in Warehouse, they would have gotten there to rescue him from dying, you know? Right. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. think I got to get used to that because it blows me away every time somebody dies at the end. <laughs> right. Yeah. So she didn't. So he had to. Right. But Mickey grabs the needles. She sees this guy blows brains out, but she still has the, you know, wherewithal to grab the needles. Not that she wasn't upset. She was, but... She knows what she's there to do. And then later, the Chens visit the store, and they give Jack the healing needle. So maybe he'll be able to use that some other time. Yeah. Did you have anything else on this one? No, that's it. Like I said, this is one that I kind of remembered watching, although I didn't like this one that much. Mm. I like this one better than the other one. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So if you don't have anything else, I don't have anything else. Nope, I'm good. All right. So we'll be back for another couple episodes shortly. See you then. See you then. This is Doug, reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash 13th Warehouse, on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse, and on Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse. You can listen to The 13th Warehouse on our website, the13thwarehouse.com, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Theme music for The 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th, the series edition, Suspense Night, Provided by Anton Kornienko. Pixabay user 147-98912. Free for personal or commercial use. See you next time at the warehouse.